Warning, file 13 contains content that may be too disturbing for some audiences. It contains graphic descriptions of crime scenes. It may not be suitable for children under 13. Listener discretion is advised. In March 2014, a young eight-year-old girl was living with her mother and three brothers in a Washington, D.C. shelter. This innocent child began to miss a lot of school. Days went by, then weeks. A concerned staff member from her school reached out to Children Family Services, CFS. CFS investigated it and was told that she was sick and under medical care. After trying to confirm if this information was valid, officials went to the shelter to get documentation of this sick child. But they were unsuccessful. When authorities finally caught up with the girl's mom, mom says she hadn't seen her eight-year-old child in weeks. This is the disappearance of Relisha Rudd. Well, the community has not lost hope in finding Relisha Rudd. It's been more than eight years since anyone has seen her. Tonight, activists, the D.C. Police Department, and other organizations held a Remembrance Day event in her honor in Northeast D.C. Our Megan Rivers joins me in studio tonight. And Megan, we also have a new picture of what Relisha might look like today, yeah? Yes, tonight the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children released a new image showing what Relisha might look like. listening to File 13, The Unsolved Murders in Black America. I am your host, Kwame Curry, and here we revisit unsolved murder cases well in Black America. Before we get started, I'd like to thank our team members that make this podcast possible, starting with my amazing co-host, Bam. Hi, Bam. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Um, We have the brilliant head of research and development, Raven Clark Gross. The equally brilliant Jessica Hollis, our research consultant and owner of Phoenix Creative Services, who help with research, interviews, editing, and fact-checking. The man who brings the amazing sounds of suspense in the opening credits, Mr. Rana Sapiano. And finally, our voice actors, Mr. Corey Scott, Lisa Waters, Medina Smith, and Coco Rain. All right. So for our listeners out there, I kind of want y'all to understand that as I'm telling these stories... This is the first time Bam is actually hearing these. Correct. Because we want her to get a genuine response to to these stories. So as you're hearing it for the very first time, so is she. So I just kind of want y'all to know that. <laughs> this is our third episode. This is um, that we're going on. So you know what? Let me quit talking. We're going to go ahead and get into it. All right. Relisha Rudd was a young eight-year-old child who lived in a homeless shelter with her three brothers and her mother in our nation's capital. You see, Relisha lived in the shelter for about two years and she really didn't like it. Of course, who really would? While shelters do provide a warm from the frigid cold, food when you're hungry, and a bed to lay your head, for most, it still doesn't provide a sense of security and stability. This wasn't even a nice shelter, as shelters go. It was barely livable space, infested with bed bugs, and there was no playground or area for the children to even play or relax. Alicia preferred to stay with friends or family if she could. 
Family often said Relisha slept with a teddy bear named Baby and would often fake asthma attacks to avoid going home to the shelter. Others close to her at school said she would arrive for class wearing dirty clothes, her hair would be unkept, and that she was always hungry. They said she never really wanted to go home. According to an article by Kim Pasquiani and MissingLeads.com, on March 13, 2014, a counselor from Payne Elementary School had alerted DC Child and Protect Child Family Services (DCFS) that Relisha Rudd had been absent several days from school, and that the school was concerned about the educational neglect. We're not talking a day here and there. We're talking about a whole lot of days. One report indicated that Relisha had missed more than 30 days out of the first three months of school that year. Seems a bit seems a bit too little too late, but at least someone finally took notice that she'd been missing and contacted the proper authority. So the counselor reached out, but it wasn't clear to whom. Some sources say officials, but the but that could be anyone from a school to social services. It doesn't really say who. Well, whoever it was, they reached out. But nonetheless, someone reached out to someone and what they were told was that Relisha was sick and that's why she couldn't come to school. So on March 10th, city officials got a call from Relisha's doctor, a Dr. Tatum. And what Dr. Tatum did was confirm that Relisha was sick with a neurological, how do do you say that? Neurological. Neurological (laughs) disorder. (laughs) Uh, So for the counselor, that information wasn't enough. It just didn't sit well with them. So the individual tried to arrange a meeting with Dr. Tatum at the shelter, but the doctor did not show. You know, medical situations are typically acceptable reasons to miss school, but they still needed tangible evidence for the record. Dr. Tatum then offered to gather all of the records and deliver them to the shelter for the school uh, for the school to pick up. Now, that right there for me, it kind of raised major flags. Um, let's just start with HIPAA violations. I was just about to say that's HIPAA violations all day. Right. Let's not like, okay, what? the doctor's just going to drop these papers off at a shelter and just give them to them. No. It has you to know. be a sign release form exactly. from the parent. Exactly. And the shelter themselves isn't, they aren't held to the HIPAA standards because they're not really a medical, you know, a medical body themselves. Right. So with no clear chain of transfer release information signed by Relisha's guardian, just like you said. It's all definitely a HIPAA violation. So it took the officials a week to actually go out there to retrieve these documents. So this is what they were saying. You know, they were going to, Dr. Tatum was going to send them and they were going to pick them up, but it still took them an entire week to even go out there to get these documents. These are people from a school. These are, well, the school, the counselor contacted Child Family Services, Child Family Services contacted um, someone and they were told that she was under the care of Dr. Tatum. Hmm. Okay. So them taking an entire week to even get picked up was disturbing enough for me, you know, and then we add to the fact that we're talking about a young child who's been missing for missing from school for long periods. But I will try to give them the benefit of the doubt and say that perhaps they felt everything was fine and they just needed to go and get these medical documents to close this reported case. Mm-hmm. Okay. But when the school officials went to pick up the papers, the shelter had absolutely no idea what they were talking about. There were no records there. No records were ever delivered to them. In fact, staff at the shelter said they hadn't seen Relisha in weeks themselves. 
So now the officials were more concerned and curious and they began to ask around people over at the shelter about Dr. Tatum. And what they were told immediately sent an immediate panic through them. They are told that there was no Dr. Tatum, but, and, but there was a janitor who worked there named Mr. Tatum and no one has seen him in weeks either. Dive into the world of unsolved murders in Black America with File 13. Each week on Wednesday, we explore a new case, whether it's local, historical, or from national headlines. Come with us as we tell the stories about the people who are less likely to have their murders solved. File 13, where we believe a cold case is not a closed case. Everywhere you listen to podcasts. Now back to our story. So, Relisha was immediately reported missing at this time. Authorities tried to determine how long she'd been missing. Shamika Young, who was Relisha's mom, said she hadn't seen her daughter in weeks. How do you not see your daughter in weeks? <laughs> how do you not see your daughter in weeks? What do you mean? Right. That's like literally. Like, where did you drop her off? Like, where was she at? I mean, I know she says she doesn't like to come home, you know, which is to the shelter, but where was she last seen? Like, what do you mean you haven't seen your daughter in weeks? Seen or talked to your daughter in weeks? So when I was doing the research on this, that's the first thing that popped up in my head when I was reading along and, you know, gathering this information. So Shamika told the host of uh, Wilco's show, what was it, John Wilco's? What was his name? Steve Wilco's. Steve, Steve Wilco's. Uh-huh. That she was under the impression that her daughter was at her sister's house with their mother, Melissa. And that is why it took so long to report her missing. Shamika went on to say that she had no phone and no way to communicate with her mother and blamed her mother. But Melissa said no and pointed the finger back to Shamika saying Relisha was with her. Nothing about this is really kind of adding up to me. How have you not seen your daughter in weeks? This is where I am with this. I don't care if mother, sister, brother, father. How have you not contacted or communicated with your child or the people that your child is in the care of. I'm not understanding. Yeah, it's still... Even, and she's eight. It still kind of bewilders me to this point. This part of the story is still kind of confusing because I just can't imagine, you know, you having an eight-year-old and just not talking to them, speaking to them for weeks. No. So at this point, the police had concluded that no one in the family had seen this poor child in 18 days. Oh, Jesus. So who knew what she'd been going through what was happening to her, what happened to her, or what was going on with this 51-year-old janitor who worked at the shelter, a grown man whose full name was actually Khalil Malik Tatum. The day Relisha was reported missing, which was March 20th, they had got a lead that sent them to a hotel in Prince George County, Maryland. What we know is that at approximately 10 p.m., Tatum checked into a room 132 at the Red Roof Inn in Oxen, Mill, Oxen Hill, Maryland, and was seen with four unknown individuals. Less than an hour later, three people left out the room. When police entered the hotel room, they didn't find Khalil, they didn't find Relisha, but what they did find was the body of Khalil's wife, Andrea. She had a single gunshot wound to the head. She was found lying on the bed, facing down. So now, as you can imagine, extreme panic began to set in with the authorities looking back we already it's already weeks and past in the first 48 
hours of when Relisha went missing. Nobody even knows anything. Like right. the first 48 hours, first 18 days went yeah, by it's been 18 days. So it's been like 16 days past the first 48 hours. You know, those first 48 hours, we know, are vital in solving a missing person's case, or dare I even say it, a homicide. Right. You know. And now we got a wife that's dead in a hotel room. Yep. So at approximately 5.40 a.m. on March 20th, one male individual returned to the hotel room where police did not permit him to, to enter. He told police he had helped Tatum do searches on the Internet for a handgun and downloaded the image onto an Apple iPad. At approximately 8 a.m., D.C. police contacted Prince George's County Police to request help and informed them that Tatum may be driving a maroon 2007 Chevrolet Trailblazer with a Washington Redskins decal on the back window that was seen parked outside of room 132. Police then put out a, a bolo that's be on the lookout for a second vehicle, a white GMC truck. They they later found it abandoned in Hyattsville. That's a city close to Washington, D.C. Tatum was charged with murder for the death of his wife and a warrant was issued for his arrest. On March 24th, the police released a new photo of Tatum and additional photos of Relisha to the public. Now, police were trying to find digital footprints of Khalil's whereabouts. They were trying to find out where he'd been what he was doing, and if he was alone. The FBI was called in on the efforts five days after Relisha was reported missing. The FBI released a video, and I want you to see this video, and I want you to look at it and just kind of describe what you're seeing in real time, okay? Okay. All right, I'm going to hit play, and I want you to take a look at it. Is that a little person? Mm-hmm. That's a... Okay, there's a man, and it looks like a... So that's Relisha. Is that the baby? That's Relisha, and that right there... Mr. Tatum? That's Mr. Tatum. <sighs> okay. So can you describe... So what? now, she's walking back out. They have a bag. They have bags. Like, I don't know, groceries or something. And they're going into this hotel room. He's trying to get in, and yeah, so he looks to be girl. about what five six, balding. Yeah, on the side, he looks really really old, like glasses. Yes. Kind of really kind of looks really creepy. Yes, he does. Okay, she has a bag in her hand. Yeah, they both have bags. One has right. a plastic bag. It looks like yeah, I guess you can't really tell what's in it, but it's a bag, and he has a bag as well. Right. Um, might be snacks. I don't know something. And, right, and this is where I have pause, and what gives pisses me off to the highest of festivity. Because apparently Khalil had told her family that he was going to buy Relisha a bathing suit for a hotel party, for a hotel pool party, and take her to that party. So, okay, pause. So, after not seeing your child in 18 days, he told the family that he was taking her to a pool party. Mm -hmm. So, where was that information given to the police by the mom, the sister, somebody? Because they had to have told he had to have told them this before this baby went missing. And from my research, he did, but it just seems like the family was just so evasive or they were just trying to hide something. It's kind of really hard to tell. Um, Cause it's not, it makes no sense. It doesn't. It, it makes doesn't. absolutely no sense because if I'm still not understanding how you have a eight year old that you 
you know, supposedly haven't talked to in 18 days. But then now there is this creepy, weird man at the shelter that is buying Relisha a bathing suit and taking her to a party. And why would you even allow this man to take this child to a party? This eight year old, like, I'm not understanding. Like, I have and, and believe me, the shelter gets, janitor. Right. And it gets worse because that story is confirmed by Relisha's stepfather, Antonio Wheeler. He told Steve Wilkos that the relatives believe she was going to a pool party for with Tatum's granddaughter. So that could be what's in the bag. It could be bathing suits, you know, all that stuff that we saw in the video. Um, but in my non-expert opinion, the family may have known she was with Jenner the entire time. Just like yeah. your... So do they have any footage of the child coming out of this room? So that's where we move on to. So the more the authorities investigated the family, the more unsettling things they discovered. They find that Khalil paid a lot of attention to Relisha and that the family was okay with it. He bought her gifts. She would go and stay the night with him. And her mother saw absolutely nothing wrong with this. I'm about to start saying really colorful words. <laughs> like I knew it. I knew it. Um, I mean, you know, being a mother of daughters, you know, I have four daughters. So it is unfathomable to let my child just leave with some man and go and just stay. Like right. that is absolutely even if you were to even if you were to know this person or trust this person like how could you let your child just leave with the shelter janitor i mean this is right as you can see it was like in what mm, world would this be normal and this is absolutely abnormal the the mother seemed unconcerned the grandmother seemed unconcerned how so old is this how old is the mother it didn't say it didn't say but now, as you can recall from the video footage, you see the two-year-old going to the hotel room. But here's the strange part. You don't ever see her come out. See, that's but, my question. Like. But what's confusing is that Relisha is seen again on footage March 1st. But how did she get out of the room? Like, I wonder if this at this point in time, does he know he's wanted and, and they know that he has her? And did he put her in like a suitcase or something to sneak her out because she's seen again on footage after going in here but you actually never see her come out of here so where's the footage that you see so where is she at is she going is she coming back into the room or is she just in the hallway no, or is she on footage her, somewhere else they see on footage somewhere else are they sure it's her yeah and then on march 2nd you see footage of khalil but relisha is not with him he goes to a home depot and purchases a large trash bag a shovel and line at this point we should kind of you know cue the grim music because there is no reason for a man to have those things without a body to bury exactly. I mean, yeah, yeah. wow so a week after finding khalil's murdered wife andrea in the motel room police found a lead to a local park how they got this lead is murky so i can't say with accuracy but when they searched the when they searched the park, they were under the assumption that they're going to be searching for Relisha's body. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now, when they get there, they find they didn't find her body. They found no turned soil. They didn't find Relisha. But what they did find was Khalil dead inside of a shed with a fatal gunshot wound to his head. So, so ate him up. So Khalil is dead. But even to this day, nine years later, they still have not found Relisha. 
And that's kind of where this story ends. That's that's where it's at at this point. You know, representatives from the Black and Missing Foundation based in Maryland helped police conduct the search of the park. Derek Butler, a volunteer with the organization, said volunteers were told to look for anything that could be belong to a child, including clothing, a shoe, or anything that looks unusual. Nothing was found, but based upon a tip, police launched a new search for uh, Felicia in January 2018. They focused on Anacostia Park near a boat ramp just north of Pennsylvania Avenue in southeast Washington. Police said that their search included sonar divers, sonar divers, boats, cadaver dogs, all searching for any evidence that may be related to the case. The site is across the river from the shelter and approximately four miles south of where Tatum's body was found in Kenilworth Park. Still didn't find her. And that's basically where we at with this case. That's that's it. So when they saw her on footage on March the 1st, where was she? Where did they see her? They just saw her on footage again. It didn't say, I may have to go back. I don't know if I missed it, but it didn't say where they saw her the second footage for her. Um, maybe I can go back and check videos and see if there was a second footage. It just said they saw her on footage again on March 1st. And then the timeline from him going to buy these trash bags, this lime and all of this other stuff from him killing himself. Like where, what is that timeline like? Well, see then on March 2nd, you see, you see uh, that next day you see him on footage by himself, but he's going to Home Depot and that's when he's buying all of these supplies at the Home Depot. Hmm. So this baby is just out here missing. So even to this day, she's missing. There's no... Sounds like the detectives, the FBI, or whomever was doing this case did a terrible and a sloppy job. It just sounds like but they... It was, it was a, to me, it was a failure. And I'll be honest, it was a failure from the beginning. I won't necessarily point my fingers at the police. I have to point my fingers at the school because so many days had went by before somebody even reported her missing. Then once she was, you know, they were say, oh, she was being seen by a medical professional. It took them a week to even follow up on that. So you got the school and you got children family services. Well, the first people to blame are the parents. That's absolutely. That is the first, the mother is the first to blame. And I mean, you know, even if she was one uh, trusting and it was naive and, you know, she felt like she could trust this man, um, you know, maybe because uh, of the situation the baby was in, she was trying to maybe just give her some, uh, you know, comfort where she could get out and around other kids and play or something like that. Even if that was the case, that was still careless and, you know, they, they shouldn't have been letting her go and stay with a 51-year-old man flat out. I Period. don't care. I mean, I, I just, just, like I said, if that, that was alone. the mother's reasoning, you know, to say, oh, well, you know, because we live in a shelter and she doesn't get a chance to do X, Y, Z, you know, I'm just trying to let, and like I said, let her go long, stay with family. But like, how long was she, uh, you know, she at this missing? shelter? No, she, I'm saying how long was she at the shelter with this person that she, you know, maybe that they had come to know or she felt like she knew this person had they been there for years or well the, well as i said in earlier that she had been there they had been at that shelter for two years and uh source material indicates that relisha referred to mr tatum as her goddaddy okay 
So they had developed a close relationship, but again, that was creepy in itself yeah. because she's staying a night at his house, so they knew him. But still, it was still inappropriate. Very. This well, case is very unsettling. Do you have any takeaways? Uh, yeah, don't let your children stay with creepy old men, period. That's, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, mean, I really I, can't add anything else extra to that. You have to realize that your little people are, you know, your little people and they look to you for, um, you know, to make smart decisions, wise decisions and good decisions. And, you know, even if that's something that, you know, the child wanted to do, that doesn't necessarily mean that's something that they should be able to do. So, um, you know, just just hold your children close because, you know, God gave them to you for a short amount of time so you want to make sure that you take care of them the best way you can and just letting them go and do whatever is just not the thing to do i agree all right well uh, i want to thank you for listening to file 13 join us next week as we dive into the mysterious case of the decapitation of little jane doe before we leave, we always say here at File 13, a cold case is not a closed case. Have a good evening.